Welcome to Panther Paris, the podcast where we're supposed to talk Panthers hockey, but sometimes we don't. Here are your hosts, Alex Lopez, Jake Langsam, and TJ Peterson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Panther Paris. I am your host, Jacob Langsam. Here with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Alex Lopez and TJ Peterson. And the Florida Panthers have won a second-round playoff game for the first time in 27 years. It's a long fucking time. This is not just another not just another episode of Panther Parade. This, this doesn't happen very often. For this That's organization, true. it is only it's only other otherwise happened four times, and all four times were in 1996. Yeah, this is a Panther Parade first. This is our first podcast after a second round playoff win. That's a very good point. It's um, not just another episode. This is uncharted territory for us now. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny. Uh, like our mentality or whatever, our mood is like we're all very calm. It's like, yeah, we just stole game one in Toronto. And I think part of it is we're recording a little bit later after the game than we normally do. Part of it is I think we're all still kind of coming down off the high of beating Boston. That like That's true. It's just hard to get up. And I mean, like, like I was sitting there watching this game on the couch and I was just like, all right, cool. Like we're playing really well, playing like playing great at five on five, but like the emotion, I, I was struggling to get up for the game, like emotion wise, but I mean, you know, who didn't struggle getting up for the game today, the Florida Panthers, they were especially, especially Sergey Bobrovsky. Yeah. Um, Bobrovsky's taken a lot of shit, a lot of shit from this fan base and 90% of it deserved. He was fantastic tonight. Absolutely fantastic. The two times he got scored on, nothing he could do, not his fault at all, just absolute catastrophic defensive errors on both goals. And he made a whole bunch of saves. You don't expect him to. You don't expect most goalies to. I think he was 2.3 goals saved above expected tonight in one game. That's phenomenal. Yeah. Toronto had, what, five power play opportunities tonight? But they only had three. Well, the double minor at the end. Oh, yeah, I guess four. Okay, so four. We'll call four. But, yeah, four power plays, did not get a power play goal. A lot of that was the Panthers' penalty kill was a lot better tonight, but also Bob was fantastic on the Mm, penalty kill as well. Yeah, I don't know how much better it was. I think it was better just because, like, they were making it so easy for Boston to score goals. Uh, Either way, Bob was fantastic. He was. Yes, he was. He was the number one star of this game, and you needed it. Uh, It was interesting. There was belief that Bob wouldn't start. I mean, I even tweeted about it, like, you know, when Lyon was the first goalie off the ice this morning. Like, that's the indicator of who's starting. And you rarely – I don't think – I can't think of another time we've seen a coach play mind games with that. Like, you don't mess with goalie – you don't mess with the goalie's – process for the uh, routine, routine. Yeah. yeah you don't mess with a goalie's routine before a game and by having bob stay on the ice after the expected starter leaves practiced that's messing with the goalie's routine but bob got the net tonight and he was great he was absolutely fantastic i'm pretty happy with the way that they played overall but at the same time i kind of recognize that if bob didn't have a very good game they probably would have lost 
And, you know, that's something that I do need to be wary about because Bob hasn't really been a consistently good performer in his Florida Panthers tenure. Now, there's a reason that he got a $10 million contract. I mean, there's multiple reasons, one of them being that Dale Talon wasn't a very good GM, but he was also a legitimately phenomenal goalie for the majority of his 20s. And he got two Vesna trophies for a reason. And we're seeing that Bobrovsky right now. And I kind of wonder if it's going to be able to continue because there are going to be a lot of games close together. Uh, we should talk a little bit about the schedule release, which did come out only a few hours before the game. Uh, he will get some rest because there are two days in between both games two and three and games three and four. And hopefully that will benefit us and that Bobrovsky will get extra rest because he's been a day between games ever since game four. But yeah, he was, he was really good. And that's the kind of Bobrovsky that they're probably going to need to win this series. Can we talk about that for a second? Because how whiny have Leafs fans been ever since this matchup was announced? Like, they just keep finding minutia shit to whine about. It's, what else is new? I, I understand, but like, it's just so unbecoming. Like, oh my god, the Panthers held off playoff, held playoff tickets away from us for a, for one day. Their home games, like, God forbid, the Panthers organization wants Panthers fans to have first dibs at buying tickets to a home game. Like, fuck off. Like, go cry about it. This has been happening for years. Nashville did it every time they had a playoff series against Chicago. Yeah. Like, this is not the first time. Yeah, it, it it happens every year. And every year, we are met with the same degree of surprise that a team is geofencing their ticket sales. And not that Panthers fans are any better. Tampa did it to us. Tampa geofenced to Hillsborough County. Uh, in the uh, 2021 playoffs. And we were all up in arms the same way, but it's just like, can we, can we just stop being surprised by this? Like it happens every single year. I feel like the outcry for that was a fraction of the outcry for something that I feel like is even more mundane, which is, Oh no, there's no Saturday night home game. Yeah. That was ridiculous. What about the sacred tradition of Saturday night Hockey night in Canada. The hockey night in Canada you game is the it Oilers was a national game. Holiday. Fuck you, would, you think you would think it was a religious holiday? The way that people were talking about a Leafs game being Saturday night. We like, can, who, who cares? Who legitimately? Who cares? You don't think they're the, going to the do the Panthers hockey organization. night in Canada set up on Sunday? Like, yeah. sorry, I'm, I'm agreeing. Yeah, you're right. No, you're right. And I, let me point out another thing, which I already said on Twitter. It was in the mentions of uh, Down Goes Brown, guest of the show, friend of the show. So we're not trying to start a fight with him or anything. But like <laughs> the NHL just released the TV ratings and game seven of the Panther series, which was Sunday at 630 p.m. Eastern time, was the most watched game one or not game one was game the seven. most watched round one game in the U.S. of all time since they've monitor tv ratings all time sunday at 6 30 seems like a time slot that works i don't know about you guys yeah is, is and, that good and and another tweet from one of our followers also my brother um hbo who has the most anticipated shows of the year almost every year when do they release their shows for most viewers sunday night 
You know when the worst time to watch television is? Saturday night. You know what night gets the least amount of viewers for television? Saturday night. Like, shut the fuck up, Leafs fans. You cry so much. Sorry that the Panthers organization didn't want to go up against the uh, Miami Heat home game and have to battle for, uh, not TV dollars, um, ticket sales with another team in the market. It's it's just the dumbest fucking thing. Media coverage as well. Like like you know, Will Manso has to be at the Heat game, so he's not going to be able to go to the Panthers game if it's on the same day. And he's like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like he's the most respected person on you know Miami local news in terms of sports. Yeah, absolutely. The the Panthers media. So he can't be at the Panthers game. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, the Panthers media room is going to be empty. It's going to be George. It's going to be um, David Dwork. It's going to be Roy Bellamy. And that's it. Everyone else is going to be at the Heat game from South Florida. Like, And why yep. wouldn't they be? That's the number one draw in town for the last 20 years. Yep. And they're playing the Knicks. I mean, the Knicks yeah. are the, the Leafs of the NBA. As uh, I can't remember who said that on the Levitard show today, but it's so accurate. Yeah. It's the exact it's same So series. accurate. Yeah, let's just hope Kachuk doesn't get injured because Jimmy Butler missed game two. And yeah. he lost a uh, brief Paris segment. I'm not worried at all. Heat and five, like they almost won in New York without their very best player who almost single-handedly like took their team to round two. So not worried at all. Heat and five is still the agenda. Also, Scott Foster had one of the most awful officiating nights of all time. Like Tim Donaghy level ask. I mean, the, 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 Videos on Twitter of like five different calls that all went the Knicks way are just so absurdly obvious. Like how this guy continues to get games when he has all of these preconceived biases. Like he's the same one with the uh, Chris Paul issue where I think Chris Paul's finally won a game with when Scott Foster was officiating. Like the fact that this guy is officiating in the second round is it's it, it's a, as if Francois Saint Laurent was officiating the game tonight. Like it's just ridiculous. All right, enough, Paris. Um We need to talk about that third. I mean, we're, we're going to get to the Kachuk line. Let's talk about the Kachuk line first. They were dominant to start that game. Yep, absolutely dominant. They they had great games, but you know who was truly dominant? I don't know if dominant is even a strong enough word to describe how Matthew Kachuk played. Oh, absolutely. I'm I'm getting close to saying that he is the best Florida Panther of all time based off one season. He's At the very least, this is the best this is the best season a Florida Panther has ever had. I feel pretty confident in saying that. And I know Pavel Burry had some pretty phenomenal seasons. I was gonna say that didn't really lead go ahead. Yeah, individually, if we're gonna go just individual, what Pavel Burry did with absolute dog shit around him. Like, you can't touch that. Like, if we're talking about individual seasons, what Pavel Bure did, you can't touch it just because he did it with absolutely nothing around him. I think, like, his his first season, the second highest play, point getter on the team had, like, something like 27 points. That's just ridiculous. But, yeah, Kachuk oh my is God. outstanding. Um, he is on the fast track to getting his jersey retired, whether it be 19 or 7. Because I don't, I think he's switching to seven once uh, Radko Gudis's Panther tenure is over. You think so? I think so. Because he wa- he wanted it when he when they traded for him. That's why his number wasn't announced to initially. 
it's interesting because now like he's had such success wearing 19 like i was saying 19 is probably going to go up in the rafters i wasn't really thinking about the whole number seven thing uh and he wore 19 in calgary i mean they might have had seven retired i don't really know about that seven of course keith kachuk wore that so by the way just to uh close the book on the Burray part of this. The year that Burray had his 58-goal season, he had 94 points. Uh, second place on the team was Ray Whitney with 71. Followed by Victor Kozlov at, at 70. And then we see another huge jump down to Robert Zvella uh, with 49. That's truly a who's who of who? <laughs> I, mean, Ray, I mean, those guys all had good careers, but yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm just making a joke. I mean, I, I know, I respect. I know, them all. Uh, they're Panther legends, each and every one of them, except for Pavel Burry. No, of course. Uh, yeah, I mean him, and then the the Luongo seasons where he was having like a nine forty five on a terrible team, and it didn't matter because he was facing sixty shots a game. Like it, it it's that's really the triumvirate, though. Nothing that Barkov has ever done has measured up to this. Nothing that Huberto has ever done and has measured up to this. You could go through the other very good players that have played for this team. Matthew Kachuk's individual season this year has been better than all of them. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, Kachuk's just really fucking good. He was Kachuk has already set the record uh, for most points in a Panther season, regular and post combined. I believe it's that. his it's not first a fluke. I think the, the Brandon Montour, I think the Brandon Montour goals this postseason have been kind of a fluke. Like, there's no doubt that he's been very good, but like you're you're putting his goal scoring numbers up against guys like Bobby Orr right now, and he scored six goals by shooting through screens, and you know they they yeah, that's how you score goals pretty far away. Man. Yeah, I mean, there's something to be said for being able to get pucks through traffic. I know there's a lot of luck involved in it, but there's also something to be said for being able to consistently. Oh, there's no doubt, but the like the sheer numbers, the sheer numbers mean it. It's all luck. Like, oh, you don't you don't get to this many goals without insane luck. Now, that's not to say that without luck, that he'd have one goal or two goals. No, but like, he's got what six in the postseason now in eight games. Yeah. I, that's that's insanely lucky. Um, I, yeah, he's definitely on a shooting vendor, but I don't I don't want to use the term all luck. I think the funniest thing is is just in this postseason, he is halfway to tying Carter Ray for most goals in the postseason by a Florida Panther. Thank God, because like I saw another, that graphic, another franchise record that was set yeah. uh, this postseason. Yeah, uh, when I saw that graphic, like that came out like oh, most goals by you know. In a postseason for each team, and I saw Dave Lowry and Ray Shepard, who were on the '96 and '97 <laughs> Panthers, still there. I was just—it was just sad. Like, how? How is that still the record? And then finally, Carter Verhage, you know, with his last three postseasons, was able to take over that 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 mantle and be the guy. So at least, like, it's not a completely embarrassing number going forward. And the yeah. fact that it's a recent player is good. It's a recent player who's you know. Obviously, some of these older teams that are older have like, you know, Gretzky's got the most goals on it, but like it was Dave Lowry and Ray Shepard. Right. Who ostensibly not even the best goal scorers 
on the team that they set that record on. Yeah. Lowry just had a postseason bender, a Joffrey Lupo like postseason bender. Whereas Verhage is actually probably our best shooter. Yeah. 40 goal scorer, Carter Verhage. He had 42 at the end of the season, right? I don't remember. It doesn't really matter. He's a 40 I just goal love being scorer. proven writer and writer about my reliable, most reliable goal scorer tweet anytime. Because his, his goals, it's not even just that he's scoring them with consistency. It's that he always seems to be scoring goals in the most opportune times possible. It's incredibly, yeah. like, he scores incredibly clutch goals. Again, can't stress enough. Two straight years where he has scored the overtime game winner to advance the Panthers. And now he also scored the game winner in game one of round two tonight. I finally found a way to put it into words, like the the kind of like ranking that Carter Verhage is like maybe number one in terms in Panthers history now. Cult hero. I think that in terms of cult hero status, Carter Verhage's Maybe number one in Panthers history. Now, he's not the best player on the team. We know that that's Kachak. But in terms of like, you know, you know, I can't really put it better than that. Colt hero status, it's him, I think. Yeah. Does that make sense to you, Alex? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know if Colt hero is the right phrase, but I know what you're going for. Uh, third Somebody line. tell me what I am going for. on. Out no, I, I think Colt hero is yeah. actually pretty fair I, I actually no um you can probably drop the cult part actually he's just kind of the team hero doesn't necessarily yeah. mean he's the best player night in night out but it seems like whenever he does something awesome it is at, at, at it's at an extremely important moment he is a hero. i get what you're saying i get what you're saying but it's like to these people that are dyed in the wool panthers fans that's like the cult that i'm referring to Right. Yeah, I guess yeah. from from the perspective of like Carter Verhage will never be a household name the way that like right. Austin I mean, Matthews is or Matthew Kachuk is or anything even like Barkov. that. Yeah. Case in point, Senators fans who didn't even mention him when they were talking about the Panthers forwards. <laughs> <laughs> that was just one guy that you ended up having beef with, Alex. Relax. But still, like what what <laughs> Senators fans, when they keep trying to say that you know, they have a better forward group, they always just conveniently forget that Carter Verhage is really fucking good. It's, it's just really funny. Let let me uh, let me actually use that as a jumping off point to give credit to one Leafs fan. I can't remember who this was. Maybe somebody out there will remember, but they put out their mock team Canada lineup, and it had Verhage on it. So okay. That person was somebody that knows puck. Respect. No doubt. Yeah, I think – I don't want to go too far off on this tangent, but I think Verhage would be a really good fourth-line guy on, like, Team Canada in terms of, like, you know, playing good two-way hockey. Yeah, and the speed game for sure. Yep. Um, uh, third line, once again, outstanding. Lundell, Lusterainen, and um, and Reinhardt. Reinhardt. I, I I'm shocked they didn't get a goal tonight. They had so many chances. Samsonov was also very good tonight. He had a lot of big saves yeah. to keep the Leafs in the game yep. early. Like that first period yep. could have easily ended two three nothing, and instead it was one nothing. Do you guys want to hear something kind of interesting? I'm looking yes. on 
on Money Puck's charts. Um, the Kachuk Bennett Cousins line was our only line above fifty percent XG. I'm not surprised by that. The way the game went, though, like Toronto's got a lot of good chances. Our our defense isn't very good. Like forcing a neck flat. That changes if you flurry adjust Boston. Ah. Third line was uh, I, uh, it actually graphic. doesn't change. What the stat that I that I quoted doesn't change. That line is still the only line above fifty percent. Uh, but the Reinhardt Etu Lundell line does jump up to forty nine point eight one. So yeah, so that's like <laughs> around a gear, basically. I mean, look, like I'm I'm not exactly shocked that the the Leafs are going to look like the better team on paper. I mean, yeah. That's a solid team. Like Kachuk said, you know, one of the best regular seasons. And they had a couple of days of rest and they didn't have to travel, especially across a border. Panthers, you know, played seven game series against the best regular season team in NHL history. And then, yep, jumped on a plane. Uh, Speaking of jumping on a plane, there was an interesting quote that I saw. Um, Shout out to my brother-in-law for sending it to me. Uh, I'm going to read this. I think this is from The Athletic, but I'm going to read a little passage, speaking of the travel. The next day, Florida was headed to Boston for Game 7, and Brady noticed that his brother broke out the big suitcase. He was packing for a week, Brady said. He wasn't bringing a small duffel bag. He was bringing this big suitcase to carry on for the next round. He kept saying to my parents, I'll see you guys back in Florida next week so when when the panthers were packing to go to boston for game seven kachuk also packed to go straight to toronto well the whole team did uh george did tweet about that after the game that after the panthers won that um the whole team had packed for a trip straight to toronto but yeah i love that confidence I, i i do too it's it's a Big difference last year when, you know, just to compare to last year, and I'm not trying to take a shot at Huberto, but like when he made that comment down 3 0 to Tampa, and it's like, oh, who cares? We can come back. And then they had a pretty mediocre effort in game four. Like it was just like, yeah, you're just all talk. Like you were just all talk, especially with all the rumors of them being at the strip club after game three. Like you're all talk. Kachuk is not. He is about that life. And he says, like, oh, hey, remember this 100%. We're going to be back for game seven. No, he is going to do whatever it takes to get back to that room for game seven. And when he packs his fucking suitcase to go to be ready for a trip to Toronto for a week, he means it. Alex, I just remembered I wanted to ask you when you brought up Samsona. What did you think happened on the Verhage goal? Because he looked awkward. Like, as a goalie, what happened there? I don't know. And I know I. I mentioned it somewhere else. I forgot to tweet about it, but he was off balance and way off balance, like falling back. It made no sense. It wasn't like there was a turnover and a quick change, but not like right in front of him. He had time. Like he had a good second or two to cut out, come out, cut the angle and and get balanced. And he just wasn't. It was almost like he had mentally checked out thinking the puck was going down, which you just can't do in a playoff game. And then was caught off guard and was late to react. But yeah, 
he was so off balance and so not ready for that play, that shot from Brahe. It was bizarre from a guy who played a fantastic yeah, and, game. And like that, it's not like that was a brutal turnover. Like there was a, there was a contested puck in neutral ice that led to that. Right. Like I said, there was time for him to be ready for that shot. I mean, it's still a breakaway you're, you're, you're trying yeah. to stop, but right. he wasn't ready and it was very weird. Yeah, and I mean, you can't say, oh, that that's a terrible goal for Sanson not to give up. Because, like you said, breakaway. But uh, just overall, uh, a weird, weird, uh, weird thing to have happened for sure. Yeah, it's one of those goals that if you're if you're were in the back of your head 50-50 and whether you were going to pull your goalie after the next goal, like you're 100% yanking him. But in that situation, like he'd been playing well, like yeah, it's 3-2, yeah. but he'd also made some big saves like and it's a breakaway so you kind of just move on and say, "Hey, be ready next time." But yeah, that was a very bizarre goal to give up. Well, not a bizarre goal, but a bizarre setup for giving up that goal. By the way, I know we're we're talking about how great Samsonov was and yes, he made quite a few extremely good saves. He still let in four goals on 2.7 expected, 2.8 expected. Well, one of them is because of a wacky deflection that wasn't really his fault. That was True. still a low XG number, you know, because Nyes deflected it in. It looks like the Cousins goal at the very beginning was actually the, the Panthers' goal with the highest chance of going in based on XG metrics. The rest of them Not all don't really seem to be that big of an XG jump. Yeah, 9.7 on the Verhage one. The, see, this is where XG, it's a good stat, especially over a season, but individually and like games. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, giving the Verhage goal a 9.7 when it's a breakaway. And he, yes, full he breakaway. Shot, it's a full breakaway. And yes, he shot it from the hash marks rather than taking it in Dindiking. But like, I, I just don't agree with that being a 9.7 because, you know, let's say he he goes with a deke and has a, a, a tap-in goal because he just absolutely fakes Samsonov out of his pads. He gets a high XG for that, but for placing a shot really well on a, on a clean breakaway, it's 9.7. I don't get it. Uh, and that's where I'm just going to say, yes, XG is a very good stat. It's one of the best ones we got, but it's not perfect. And that's right. a and that's which is what also why. partially why, typically speaking, uh, we do tend to favor Corthy as far as evaluation is concerned because it's a higher sample size and a more repeatable number, which are two of the most yeah you, you can kind of mix of statistical analysis. Yeah, you got to mix both in though because we've seen yeah. lots of times that either a team is just spamming point shots and they they get their numbers up a little bit artificially. Right. Yeah. Or you're a team like the Minnesota Wild and you, you never give up any quality, so it kind of looks like the shot numbers aren't favoring you, but in reality you're just a great defensive team. Uh so yeah, like there's no golden goose in terms of uh, a, a number that will tell you what team is is going to win especially since this is just a very random sport. But uh, there's a lot of things that you can mix in to figure out, okay, you know, maybe this team is a little bit better than the record shows. And, hey, what have we been saying about the Panthers all year? It finally materialized. They're up one nothing in the second round. First game one win in 26 years. 
Yep. I don't want to spend too much time on the officiating, but I think we got to mention this Maurice comment after the game. He was quoted saying, we've accepted the fact that we'll be in the penalty box more than our opponent. I think at the beginning of that, Cody was saying like, hey, we 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 got to outgrow our reputation or just ignore it. Um, he's not wrong. But you saw it in the Boston series where every game the Panthers were in the box more than the Bruins. You saw it tonight. Lee's had a 4-1 power play advantage. Um, I I thought, oh, I, I guess technically 4-2 because the Panthers scored on that delayed penalty. Um, I'm sorry with the how well the Panthers were playing in that game. And I definitely saw quite a few play, plays you could have called penalty on the Leaf, especially late in that third period where anytime the Panthers had the puck in the neutral zone, they were clutching and grabbing to stop a, an odd man rush. But yeah, like there, Maurice is right. Like at some point you got to stop complaining about it and fight through it. The last thing I wanted to want to mention is that Bennett play. Would you guys, do you guys all agree with me that they called that using review? I didn't it see sure a call on like the it. ice before the review. Maybe I missed an arm up. No, there was no arm. They saw O'Reilly bleeding, got in a circle and started talking about it. And they were all clearly saying, hey, did anyone see an arm, a high stick? And then they just said, well, let's call it a high stick and then review it, which is not how the rule is supposed to be used. That should have to be that that should be brought up if that's the case. I mean, the rest are just going to say, yeah, we saw a high stick and then you True. can use review. So you're never well, going to get it. Then why was there no call on the ice? Right. That's that's the that's the issue I have is that, and we all know if it had been the other way, they would not have done that. Unless the Panthers were losing. I disagree. We've seen it enough times right, where fine. Panthers have been high-sticked and no call was made and they don't use the review. I mean, Forsling got... Well, yeah, because that generally doesn't happen. It happened like, to Forsling. Also, the review, the review is... The, re- the review is very new. It happened to Forsling in game seven where he was bleeding, but it, I mean, it was a good no call because it was a follow through, but like Forsling bleeding from the face and they didn't review it for a high stick. It didn't go the other there way. There wasn't we a stoppage saw- also. There wasn't a stoppage. Fair. Yeah. I mean, sorry to break up the, the grand conspiracy. No, I'm kidding. What else uh, should we bring up before we wrap this up? I mean, I think we kind of covered everything. Barkov was I Barkov, despite not getting on the score sheet, I thought was very good. Yeah, he uh, was he matched up with Matthews mainly, or I felt like there was just not really any dedicated line matchups. Yeah, I didn't like, really notice uh, a Dom, particular offense versus defense matchup. Um, I did not either. I actually just saw a stat that Matthew Kachuk was out against the fourth line, the Leafs' fourth line, for, like, over two minutes of ice time, which In is not insignificant. alone, I think. I think Dom tweeted something like that, and that was just in the first period. Which, like, when you don't have the line matchups as the away team and you're getting that matchup, that that almost doesn't seem planned. But maybe it's just playing so well that you found a way to do it without last change. I don't know. Um, it's going to be interesting to see because I'm sure that this series will get overcoached by uh, both. Both these coaches seem like they're they're capable of that, and we're going to see some pretty dedicated matchups. 
I, I don't think that Matthews or Marner necessarily played poorly, but we didn't see their otherworldly talent necessarily like we yeah. saw from Kachuk today. Kachuk was unbelievable. Uh, so that could very easily show up to flip one of these next few games. But, you know, then again, maybe Barkov has an outstanding game. Maybe Reinhardt gets on the score sheet. Maybe Ekblad gets one. Who knows? Right. Like, that is something to watch out for. There though. are plenty like, of players on both are, teams who still have to, like, show up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Leafs are more so built around, like, okay, we got Matthews. He's making, what, $13.5 million, Or I guess not, but, like, $11.5 million. Well, there, and, there's stars uh, and scrubs. Martin's they have a stars making... and scrubs format. Yeah, and the stars didn't necessarily play like stars. They didn't play poorly, but like they can show up and take over a game. Yeah. Oh wow, Matthew's actual salary this year is eight million dollars. Yeah, because I think they front loaded his deal. Seven point two in signing bonus and seven hundred and fifty thousand yeah. in salary. He's going to be uh, way fifty-four million dollars of his contract. Fifty-four, fifty-four and a half million of his fifty-eight million dollar contract is signing bonus. His agent did a very good job. Oh yes, yeah, and that's also to get around. Um, what's it called? State uh, the Canadian taxes. If it's paid at signing bonus, it's paid to. He's taxed at his uh, home rate, which is Arizona, which I believe doesn't have a state tax at all. So that saves him quite hey, a bit. Austin, of money. you know, you know where uh, there's another state that doesn't have income tax. Yeah. When you're going to be in on Sunday, my man. Nevada? You'll get the. We'll see you the, on July 1st, 2024, Austin. Yes. Come to the FLA Live Arena, which will be renamed at that point. You know, there's uh, there's some nice stores at the Sawgrass. There's some mm. designer brands at that. What's the, <laughs> what's the, what's the place with like the outdoor portion with the all colonnade. the designer brands? Colonnade. Yeah, yeah. he's, he's going to like that, I think. He will like that, I think. Let's see. So maybe that's enough to get him to sunrise. <laughs> All right. Anything else? Or I think we can wrap this one. Final thoughts. My dinner Where has are arrived five right stars? on time. Rate us five stars on Grubhub because I'm hungry. What did you eat? What did you order? Uh, bao buns and some fried rice. Very nice. Oh, very strong. Or fried rice? Very strong. Uh, I don't remember. Probably. I think I just clicked on fried rice and didn't really specify anything. He hit surprise me. <laughs> tweet, out, tweet out a picture of your food. We'll see. Uh, all right. Probably um, more free without context and then a picture of your food. You know what? That's that's a fair point. I'll do that. Final thoughts. Fuck Toronto. Your fans are whiny. See you guys for... Well, Every fan you. base has its has an equal has a relatively equal proportion of whiny fans. It's just that Toronto has a larger overall number of fans, so it seems that more of them are whinier. That has long been my theory about why people think that Toronto yes. is such a whiny fan base. Oh, you're you're right. Yes, um, I agree with you. It's a but they have more puck knowers as a result. Also, shout out to the guy who had Verhage on Team Canada. Can't True. remember who you are though. <laughs> oh, here's my final thought. I will not see you guys on Thursday. I will be watching the game with Sane because that'll be his first game. So if we lose, it's his fault and he'll be Aww. grounded. Happy birthday to and, Alex's uh, second child. Programming note uh, on a similar line. I will be out of the country for games three, four, and five, but I actually got very lucky because I'm going to be gone for 10 days. I'm going to be gone from Friday until the following Saturday. 
And I guess that's so. If you would like to rob DJ and you, I guess Jake, you you will be out of town. Jake, I think it's in your best interest that doesn't happen. That's true. I own a sword. (laughs) All right, let's land. Robbing TJ would now consist of robbing me. Is the thing because he and I are roommates now. All right. Good night, everybody. And the Panthers are up one nothing on the in the series for the first time since 1997. So sleep tight with no that knowledge in mind.